What's up, everybody, and welcome on back to another episode. Today, I get to sit down with Jen Barton from Full Plume Photo. She's one hell of a photographer. We just kind of go over a bunch of her gear, some previous hunts, and some experiences out in the field. Hope you guys enjoy this one. You're listening to The Hunting Outlier. Here we go. All right, what's going on, Jen? How you doing? Hey, doing well. Uh, thanks for having me on the podcast. Uh, first one ever, so pretty excited. Um, yep. Talk about some photography stuff. Yeah, photography, hunting, pretty much everything. We're just going to kind of roll with it. So, um, everybody, I've got Jennifer Bartlett on. Do you like Jen or Jennifer? Um, either or. Uh, usually Jen is a little bit uh, more casual. okay yeah so i got jen on she is a full plume photo on instagram she is an avid waterfowler and avid waterfowl photographer um she's been killing it for a while so jen go ahead introduce yourself give people a little rundown about who you are how you got into hunting and then eventually photography oh where do i start um I am originally from Illinois. I uh, grew up in the, the boonies on a cow farm and um, grew up uh, hunting whitetail. And never got into duck hunting until I came to Southern California um, and started waterfowl hunting in 2018. And it was rough. It was tough down there, but I stuck it out and fell in love with it. Um it really made me appreciate California and being able to find um, an outlet where I could get out into the wilderness and see wildlife and hunt. Um, it finally felt like I found my place in California. Um, and after waterfowl season would get over, you know, hitting the duck depression pretty hard, um, my boyfriend got me a camera and thought that it would be something that I would enjoy. And he knows me better than my, I know myself sometimes, and um, really just fell in love with it and found that same love and thrill um, getting out into the marsh and capturing photos of ducks. Um, just the same feeling that you do hunting them and calling them in and shooting them. So um, that's kind of how I got into this and he encouraged me to start a Instagram page um, because I'm not really big on social media otherwise Um, but it was super fun to put pictures out there and have people um, enjoy them as much as I do Uh, but that's about it right on what kind of camera did he end up buying you Um, he got me a Sony uh, DSLR it was used um, kit lens, just, you know, like a, a basic, um, model camera and that one got me started and then I kind of hit a wall with it and did some research on the new products that Sony was coming out with and I upgraded last year at the beginning of COVID because I needed a little pick-me-up, um, and trying to spend more time outside by myself, thought that'd be a good time to, to upgrade. 
um, and I ended up going with the A7R4, um, which was a, a big jump in quality and speed, and it just made this past year all that much more exciting. It's been great. And is that a Sony? That's a Sony product as well. Yeah, that um, that's Sony as well. It's just um, it's easy to stick with one operating system once you get to know it. Um, I tried Nikon, and it was a little um, cumbersome for me. Um, I'm sure if I spent some time learning it and using it, it would be just as easy. Um, but uh, just kind of sticking with one thing, once you get invested in a lens and uh, and whatnot, it, you don't want to get too many different bodies where you can't share the lenses. Um, so just trying to keep costs as as minimal as possible because it can really add up quick. Yeah. I could just imagine now what, I mean, when you typically go out, what's your go-to setup when you go out and just photograph birds? Um, if I am going out to just photograph birds and not worry about like hunt scenes and people, I'm always reaching for that. Um, Sony 200 to 600 millimeter telephoto lens that they came out with last year. Um, or the, December of 2019 is when they came out with that, I believe. And um, it's versatile and it is not super expensive because once you get into those really big lenses that are, um, you know, five, six hundred millimeters, uh, they'll get into thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. So this was a, a good place to start. That thing looks like a spotting scope in one of your pictures. That thing is huge. Is, is it pretty heavy to carry out there? <laughs> it's super heavy. Um, so, you know, I, I'm a minimalist when it comes to packing. I hate taking out a bunch of stuff. Um, and having, you know, a camera bag and a blind bag, I feel a little awkward sometimes, but I feel like I'm getting my setup more dialed. Uh, now that I'm, I'm getting better at it. Uh, Tangle Free has their big blind bag, which is the absolute perfect size for that lens. And uh, that's made it happen uh, a little better this year. Now, will that will the camera and lens and say like a small tripod fit in that bag? Or is it just kind of like a lens only? Um, so I can fit a lens, uh, three boxes of shells, uh, the body, and... Um, and yeah, I can't fit a tripod in there. I'd have to strap it to the, the top. But I don't use a tripod consistently. Um, I've really tried to, but a lot of the shots that make me the happiest are the the flying shots. And I have not mastered tracking a bird in the air flying with a camera and the tripod because I do a lot of swinging. And uh, then I just end up swinging with the tripod, and it gets to be a little uh, ridiculous. So I just usually keep that at home. Right on. Do you ever go out there with multiple cameras, or are you just kind of like, no, this is what I'm sticking to, and I'm just going to bring an extra lens for whatever scenario arises? Yeah, I only have one camera body. Um, I just have that one, and I've got the big lens, that 200 to 600, and then I've got a... Um, a 100 millimeter lens 
that is a macro where I can do a little bit more detail work. And I've used that for just have it in the blind, taking pictures of people and dogs this year. And I've been really happy um, with that. It's harder to take pictures of people in the moment and capturing that emotion. It's been a new challenge um, to do that and keep everyone comfortable and, you know, going with the flow because I, I hate doing things that are too uh, posed. You kind of lose that that magic a little. Yeah, I, I can see that in some pictures where it's like a fake smile, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, you you went out and you videotaped a couple birds. I think it was a couple canvas back. Well, actually, a couple different species, but... And then a uh, Eurasian widgeon. Now, is videography, like, something you're interested in? Would you possibly be videoing hunts or anything like that? And does that... I mean, is that camera pretty good for that? So, that camera is a little limited for uh, video. And with the big lens, it makes it really hard when I don't have a tripod. Um, you get a lot of shake. Um, but I really made it kind of a goal to get some more video this year. Um, there is you know, another Instagrammer. Um, I think it's Pacific Waterfowl. Um, and he does some really great videos of ducks preening. And that really caught my eye. And I thought that would be something interesting to try and um, be able to see those behaviors that they do and little quirky things like Spoonies doing somersaults is hilarious. But, um, yeah, that was just kind of a, a spur of the moment thing, like wanting to get some more variety in images of that bird because it was so special uh, that day to find that. I was super pumped. Um, but... In regards to getting out and videotaping more hunts, um, I actually just got gifted a video camera uh, by a friend, and I'm going to have that be my next goal for turkey season to get out and videotape some people doing hunts and probably some more um, of that come waterfowl season next year. Um do some more video with an actual video camera <laughs> and uh, figure out how to edit. Um, there's just so much more that goes into videoing and editing. Uh, it's just going to be the, the next challenge. Yeah. I mean, editing anything I could imagine, like editing a podcast is rough sometimes, you know, so I can just imagine <laughs> yeah. what it'd be like editing video. Do you ever get a little weary though, when you're out there and you're carrying this camera and you're like, dude, I might drop this in the water or the mud. Like, this could be the end of this thing's life real quick. Yeah, so I bought a kayak, and I thought that that would be a super great way to get out into some farther areas that I otherwise wouldn't have access to. And I got in the kayak, and I had the camera on my lap and everything, and I got out in water that was, you know, 20, 30 feet. And I was just thinking, man, this is just, this is not a great idea. And felt nervous the whole time. And it's a lot harder to focus um, at that full 600 millimeters on a kayak in open water. Because the boat and um, the kayak, it will actually swing. And then you're trying to track the bird and your, your kayak is swinging and it made it 
not as magical as what I thought it would be. So kick that idea to the curb. Um, but something that I'm looking into is just getting some insurance for the camera and actually starting like a legit business and, and trying to, um, you know, incorporate that insurance into the business. So I don't have to worry quite so much taking it out there because it's in the salt, it's in the mud, um, try to protect it as much as possible, but it's also there to get used and, um, you know, I'll take it out. Uh, that's what it's there for. Man, I would lose a camera in a heartbeat. It'd, that thing go 30 feet <laughs> underwater real quick if that was with me. I drop stuff all the time, so a camera's the last thing you want in my hands. <laughs> now, you mentioned you mentioned quirky little things that birds do. I like to go out in the off-season, kind of w- just watch them. Um, but you brought up spoonies, and I'm a, I like spoonies. I think they're probably one of the most good-looking, like, best-looking birds out there, especially when they're fully pr- plumed. What a... What's your favorite bird to shoot in regards um, to a videography or photography, not with your shotgun? Oh, okay. Um, so probably my favorite bird um, to take pictures of, I mean, I, I got to go back to the cinnamon teal. Um, you know, they are really thick in southern california and um i would always go down there and get a lot of pictures of them and i've been to kern and um gone around in the area down there and gotten some uh good pictures of cinnamon teal this year that i haven't posted yet um found a blueing teal cinnamon hybrid and just got totally entranced by him for a complete afternoon. Um, but those are my probably favorite bird to photograph. And California is special because we have so many of them and they're not seen as frequently in, in other parts of the country, especially where I'm from in Illinois. People just love them. Um, so it's always fun to share those photos with people. Yeah, fully plumed cinnamon teal is a great looking bird. But uh, I was going to ask you, like, what's one of the most unique birds that you've taken a picture of? But, I mean, a blue-winged cinnamon teal hybrid, that's pretty crazy. (laughs) Yeah. I texted Brian Huber, and I was like, is this what I think it is? And he was like, yeah, it looks like a blue-winged cinnamon. Um, Because, you know, I wasn't for sure if it was a spoony cinnamon, how they can sometimes get that faint crescent on their face. Yeah. but I'm working through trying to edit some pictures from this most recent uh, trip. I think I drove 1,500 miles from, like, Sunday to Wednesday this week and have a few um, thousand pictures to go through. So I'm just trying to play catch-up right now um, so I can post some good stuff this spring and summer, keep people entertained in the off-season. Yeah, yeah, I bet that. 1,500 miles, where in God's green earth did you go? Oh, man, I went everywhere. Um, went down to Kern and then Huntington. Um, had to hang out with some of my old friends that I hadn't seen in a while. And then um, out to San Jacinto and, um, you know, see the old stomping grounds. There's always cinnamons that are hanging out there. Um, then back to Kern and then drove up north. Um 
for the big wind on Wednesday uh, to take some pictures and try to kill some snow geese. Um, so it was just it was a a good fun a little mini vacation for me away from the office. Uh, but I feel like I need a vacation from my vacation too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, sometimes I feel the same. Now, yeah. how, how was your, uh, you went up for late goose then? How'd you guys do? Um, had a really good, uh, flight, um, early on and then it kind of died off. We lost our wind. Um, but man, that the first couple of flights in the morning were just incredible. I was just sitting there giggling the whole time. Uh, you know, they're practically landing on us, landing five feet away from us. And I'm just sitting there giggling. Um, but I think we got like 20, um, so didn't limit out or anything for the group, but we had, a, we had a good time. It was good to get out for the final final, um, be sad if I, I didn't go and regretted it. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of like, uh, the group I was with, it, it was me and three buddies. We went out, um, we didn't go out Wednesday, but we went out Saturday and Sunday, and we only shot at two specs. It was pretty dismal, so after that, I was like, nope, I'm not taking work off for Wednesday, no matter how crazy the wind is. Mm -hmm. So, right, at least you guys got into some birds. That's what matters. I mean, if you go out and you kill a couple or you limit out, you know, that's what it's all about, having those good times like that. Yeah, it was nice to just sit out and uh, watch them fly around for a bit and you know, feel that feeling again before you know that it's going to be a while um, until, you know, October. I'll probably go back to Nevada for their opener um, in the middle of October and shoot some Canada's. Um, that was fun last year doing that. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be a long time until then. Yeah, I know. I think duck depression's finally setting in with myself and a lot of my buddies, so... <laughs> It's, it's on to bass fishing for all of us, so hopefully we can have some fun doing that. Now, yeah, yeah. Got to start fishing. Yep. Now, uh, have you have you photographed any bands or anything? And if you have, have you ever reported a band, you know? Yeah, so um, I have photographed a lot of bands this year. Um, there's always, you know, those surprises whenever you go back um, to upload your photos and you're like, oh, my gosh, you think that you would see them whenever they're flying. But I have not gotten good enough to see them on the camera flying and whatnot. I usually find them later. Um, but I've shot a lot of bands with the camera this year. Um, I've reported a neck collar uh, once on an illusion. Um, but other than that, I've never gotten all the numbers off of a, a band to actually report it with confidence. Uh, but that would be super cool to get close enough to do that one day. Where was the illusion from? That was from Staten Island. Um, and that is a the Nature Conservancy property that pairs with Cal Waterfowl. Um, they have some of their um, lottery hunts there uh they didn't have it this year because of covid um but they had it the year previous and i went out a couple times and shot some illusions and those are such cool birds that whole story with their comeback and um 
they're about the only goose that I'm good enough to call in because I can cluck like a high-pitched speck pretty good, and they seem to like it. But I have not gotten good enough to convince a speck to come in uh, so I can kill it yet. Yeah, specks. Specs are finicky. I've never really done any any honker hunting, hunting or illusion hunting. It's mainly just been specks and snows, and specks can be a pain in the ass, honestly. <laughs> I'm working really hard. Um, I had one that was coming in pretty good, and then one of my friends got up too early and got, you know, buck fever and tried to shoot it at, you know, 60 yards, and it flew away, and I was kind of sad about that, but um that just wasn't the day that it was going to happen and that's okay yeah. uh, there'll be another day and it'll be even better yep i mean i love specs specs when they do it right it's it's awesome to see especially when they're just feet down cupped up just yelling at you the whole way in. that's probably <laughs> one of my most favorite things lately yeah um they're really fun to work um uh, and widgeon i love talking to widgeon um, they're so chatty. They're super fun to call in. Yep. A Drake Widgeon was actually my first bird I shot in, uh, 2012 when I started hunting. And, uh, man, sometimes it's just, I don't know, this year was kind of rough, but when the Widgeon wanted to play, oh, it was great. I love, I love <laughs> just the wee, wee, woo. Yeah. Um, my first bird that I ever shot was a coot. Um, and... I had no idea that you weren't supposed to shoot the coots. <laughs> um, and then my actual true first duck was a, a hen gadwall. And uh, that one was a little bit more respectable. Uh, that was at Worcester um, on opener. And it was probably 90 degrees that day. It was pretty miserable. Lots of mosquitoes. But um, I guess I still liked it because here I am, right? Yeah, I'll, I mean shoot coot all day long you kill 25 of them no problem you know <laughs> yeah right they decoy great too yeah um so do you have any motivation to maybe expand into big game photography because i mean earlier you mentioned that you came from whitetail hunting so you ever thought about going out and photographing big game um i have thought about it i did take my camera with me whenever i went um back for whitetail hunting a couple years ago. Um, but I, I have this constant struggle between, you know, being the hunter and being the photographer. I'm pretty much always going to choose being the hunter. And, um, when the time would come, I picked up the bow instead of the camera, uh, to, to make the, the shot on the deer instead of, uh, the picture. So I haven't gotten any, uh, any shots of the white tail back home. It's, you know, obviously less accessible, um, because I've got limited time to go back there, uh, with work and everything. But, you know, if I was able to get out more and find like a little, blacktail spot here there were a couple that I got pictures of last year but um I don't know for deer I just don't get as jacked up as I do as I um I feel with ducks and you know it's probably just my upbringing um being around whitetail since I was you know born and um 
the ducks are, are more new to me. So I, I still feel more excited about them. So as of this moment, um, probably won't have too many pictures of big game in the future, but I'm not going to write it off as a possibility on that on down the road. Yeah. Big games always, I, I mean, deer, I could really care less about. I'm, I, I have a new obsession with elk. So Elk are cool, and I mean, I love seeing pictures of, like, big rams and stuff, but the deer around here, it's just kind of like, yeah, yeah, whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, <clears throat> what birds have you not photographed that you want to photograph? Or what birds have you not hunted that you want to hunt? Um, redheads. So, I got some pictures of a redhead this past um, week, and I was super, super stoked about that because I just haven't really had any good close encounters with redheads ever. And um, I, I want to hunt redheads. I want to figure out the bay and really target those um, because those birds are just super cool to me. Um, very striking with their big blue bill and redhead. Um you know, I'm a, I'm a diver girl at heart. I love divers. I love how um, they decoy with authority and they give you some great photo opportunities whenever they're coming in. So I think that would be, you know, the number one goal uh, this next year is figure out redheads. So divers over puddlers, huh? Oh, man. I like eating puddlers. You know, you can't, can't beat a pintail. They're so good. But you can only shoot one. Um, but when it comes to just having a, a good time and, and shooting birds and getting them to decoy and a lot of action, uh, the divers is where it's at. And you can really make them taste just fine if you breast them out and get all the fat out. Um, you know, you can do sausage, chorizo, um, riettes, um we had some snow goose the other night, um, cooked it like steak with a nice rub, and uh, it's great. So you just have to be creative and um, start thinking outside the box to, to make those things, you know, worthwhile if you're going to go out and hunt them. Because I feel bad if you're not going to do something with them. So, you know, like hunting them, uh, got to figure out how to use them too. Yeah. Now you meant, you mentioned sausage and mm -hmm. a while ago you posted a picture of like duck neck sausage, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. So Hank Shaw, um, has like a thing on his website, um, for, uh, the, the goose neck as a casing. And, uh, my boyfriend just left the head on. Yeah. That was wild. I was, I was like, funny. I was like, what in God's green earth is she cooking? I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I mean, there's something to be said for shock value. I get a kick out of it. Um, but that, that was really good because you just saved the skin um, as a casing and stuff it with sausage. And that was actually a surf scoter uh, sausage and smoke it and it came out great. It was awesome. Did anybody reach out to you like, hey, uh, yeah, the big thing with the bill, you got to get rid of that. <laughs> that was um, a very uh, high-trafficked 
a post. Uh, people were messaging me like crazy on that because they just could not wrap their heads around. Like, you don't eat that part. It's just there. Um, you know, it's like the end of the casing. But, no, I was cracking up. Uh, people were freaking out over it. It was funny. Yeah, that was pretty wild. I've never seen something like that before. <laughs> so, <clears throat> scoters, you mentioned scoters. So, I mean, when did you start hunting divers or, or photographing divers? I mean, you said they do it right. I've never really hunted. I've been a puddle duck guy. You know, I've seen cans. I, I live in the Bay Area. I've seen canvas backs. I've never really gone out and looked for scoters or cans. Like, I mean, when, when did you get into divers? Um, so really my first actual, like, real duck hunt, um, where we, you know, had a lot of opportunities and, um, had a, you know, a bunch of fun, um, was at the end of the 2018 season, um, went out on the bay with, uh, the Northwind Outfitters and shot a bunch of divers and, um, no scoters that day, but that's usually where they go for the scoters is out in the bay. And that really got me hooked on, on those birds. And then that fall, uh, we went to Canada and to the, the Delta Marsh in uh, Manitoba and um, paddled out on canoes and hunted canvasbacks with one of the Delta waterfowl biologists. Um, as part of the Black Brant uh, research um, fundraiser, they did a silent auction, and that was one of their hunts um, that we purchased. And that was amazing, uh, seeing those birds come in. We had gale force winds um, and sleet, snow. It was wild. And that was totally life-changing, uh, seeing those birds come in and, um, you know, work the long lines that we had set out. And then um, went on a few scoter hunts out in the bay uh, that year. And, you know, you can see them coming from a long ways away because it's open water, and you can feel your excitement build um, watching them come in real low and lock. You can tell when they lock on the decoys and see them, and they'll turn. And they'll just motor right in and set down right with the decoys and you can pull up and, uh, and take them. And so, you know, just having that, um, that visual from such a long ways off really gets you going. Whereas, you know, at the refuge, you see teal, you better shoot them in, you know, 0.2 seconds. They're going to be gone half the time, it seems like. Yeah, that's crazy. Maybe I'll have to I'll have to do that next year. I'll have to get on a scoter hunt and see what that's all about. That sounds pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean California is wonderful because you have so many um, species in the state. It's so diverse. Um, you know, even if it's not your jam, at least getting out and experiencing it. Uh, there's not a lot of places that you can have this variety, and I really appreciate the variety and. Um, all the different uh, different bird species out there. It keeps it really fun. Um, and it, if you ever get a chance to do layout hunting, 
that is really the ticket, having them come right over your head, laying out on the water. Uh, we did that in Washington um, and uh, shot Harlequin that way. You get one a year up you, there. You shot a Harlequin? Yeah. Dude, yeah. that's a bucket list bird for me. We were going to do that this year, but then decided not to. Oh, but you got it. They're so beautiful. Um, they really are blue. And um, did that with the layout boats up in Washington. And that was another uh, Black Brant um, auction hunt. And they didn't do the auction um, this past year. I was pretty sad about that. Um, but maybe they'll bring it back. Did they not uh, do it because of COVID? I don't think so. I, I don't think they had... Um, Honestly, I don't know if they just didn't have the funding or, or, or what had happened, but they ended up not doing it this past year. Hmm. Now, are you hunting several people in a layout boat or do you have your own separate layout boat and you kind of got them, you know, stringed together in a line? So up there, there was, um, they had a two person, uh, layout boat and that was really helpful because I had, you know, never hunted Harlequin, never seen them before that day. And you want to make sure that if you're going to shoot one, it's, you know, primo Drake, because you only get one. Mm -hmm. And um, so the guy that we went out with up there put his son in the boat, uh, the layout boat with me, and he helped me pick out which bird um, would be the best one coming in. And then you have to make sure, you know, don't hit, hit a hen too you know don't double um if they're coming in and so just making sure uh to have you know a good shot so up there we had a two person but a lot of times they'll be a single whenever you do layouts um it just kind of depends on what kind of setup you have i know some people do it in the bay i haven't done it in the bay um but i know that i'm gonna get set up for that eventually what kind of what kind of shot size are you using on sea ducks then? I mean, is it does it differ between, you know, scoters and cans? I mean, it, divers are interesting to me, but they're new. Like I said, I'm a puddle duck kind of guy, so. Yeah, um, so for the divers, I've pretty much always used two shot. Um, I shot a lot of heavy hammer this year, and I really liked it. Um, I will typically take the three inch three heavy hammers to the refuge and I've shot cans on the refuge with that. Works great. Um, it's a versatile load for the little ducks and the big ducks. And um, I've shot geese at the refuge with that if they're close enough. But for the sea ducks, you know, I try to use twos because they're tough. Yeah, I that heavy hammer stuff, I shoot that religiously now. And, I mean, that stuff just whacks them. It's great. Yeah, I really liked it this year. And it's not terribly expensive either. Um, you know, I, I took a box of the really expensive, like the tungsten or, um, you know, the Heavy X up whenever we did Harlequin. And, $46 um, a box? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I was like, man, I just, I, I'm not that rich. Um, 
so definitely can't afford to do that. But whenever you're going for such a trophy bird, um, wanted to use smaller shot and, uh, you know, something heavy uh, for those sea ducks up there. Yeah, that's awesome. So uh, real quick, you kind of already answered this, but uh, I was going to ask you, behind the lens or behind the gun and why? But kind of answered that already. Um, I mean, it changes uh, from day to day, but in my heart of hearts, it's going to be the gun. Um, but, at, you know, at the end of the day, sometimes if I've had a great day shooting and I've been happy with, you know, how things have been coming in and, and gotten my fill, so to speak, of uh, shooting, I'll pick up the, the camera and, um, you know, take some, some pictures of other people shooting. Um, it just kind of depends on how well I'm doing that day. If I'm uh, feeling frustrated or feeling okay with myself. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I mean, do you ever go out there? You're like, okay guys, I'm shooting my limit and then I'm taking pictures, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, ideally then, you know, that's the plan because then the light will be better. Um, trying to take pictures that shoot light it's never that great uh i want that sun on them it gets the iridescence um in the pictures there's so much um better quality because you can have that light and you can get your shutter speed up and not have your iso so high so it's not too grainy you know getting into all the photography stuff um light is the most important thing yeah, I was going to say, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> so, see, I don't know. I mean, did you guys have a good season this year? How was it? Yeah, it was a good season. Um, really tough for the puddle ducks. Um, you know, I, I wanted to do a lot more with the puddle ducks, and they just weren't super consistent in um, the Sac Valley, so that didn't happen as much. Um, but... One of my friends bought a boat, and um, she's starting up a guide business. And so I went out a lot with her this year so she could scout and get dialed and figure out, you know, long line setup, tides. Um, you know, shot a lot of birds with her so she could help train her dog um, and get that experience uh, getting out and and finding out what, what the birds are doing. Um, and then we went on some pretty great goose hunts um, that we tried to have be puddle duck hunts and just turned into goose hunts. Um, that's, it's kind of been the year of the goose this year. Yeah. Uh, instead of the puddle duck. Yeah, I, I would agree. Unless you're going out and you're trying to shoot your sprig because, you know, there's 500,000 plus in the valley. But... <laughs> Yeah. You only can shoot one. No worries, guys. I'm still interested. Hopefully, I'll be able to get in touch with somebody that can kind of break that down because I've been trying to do a little bit of research. I know Delta just actually released a video the other day saying that no matter what they do with harvest um, quotas, it, it still seems like they're dropping down slowly. So it's going to be an interesting next couple years with Sprig because it seems to be the only bird I ever see in the valley. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, you always shoot your sprig and then you're 
loaded up with them. Um, but they are super fun to watch. Uh, they're so elegant uh, with their their neck and that long tail at the end of the year. I'll never get tired of seeing them. Um, sometimes I'll be frustrated because, you know, you can only shoot one, but I'll never get tired of, of seeing them flying around. It's pretty special to have that many here. Yeah, I mean, they... They just look great in flight, no matter what it is, if they're doing a matrimony flight or they're coming locked up into the decoys or just even sitting on the water. Sprig are gorgeous birds. Yeah. And they taste great, so can't complain. Yep. Now, who is a, who's your friend and what's her guide service name? Uh, my friend's name is Melinda Dodds, and she is California Guide Service. Um, she just launched everything at the end of the season. Um, this past year, got all the paperwork done. Um, she's dialed in. Uh, we killed some absolute studs this year. A ton of graders, Scott. Um, they were just everywhere. You'd shoot your two, and you couldn't get them away from the spread. There were so many. Um, but she uh, has a really awesome um, banks boat. It's super big, set up for sea ducks and divers, and uh, she's going to be booking for next fall and really focus on the bay. So if that's something that you're interested in trying, um, you know, that would be what I would do is go give a shot because it's super fun, and she's a, she's a hoot. She's a good time. Yeah, definitely. I'll have to reach out to her and try and schedule something. Do you know if she... uh. What I mean, is she going to do any, like, fishing charters in the meantime? Or is she just going to kind of go out, scout scout around, and kind of get an idea for the upcoming season? Yeah, um, she actually has her captain's license. And she is um, captaining the Flying A out of um, the San Francisco Harbor. Um, Fishman's Wharf, sorry. I'm still learning all the fishing stuff. Last year is my first year of fishing. Um, but she is running that boat out of San Francisco this year. And she's going to be doing um, salmon, halibut, and striper. Um, so you'll have to, to ask her about those. Uh, I think she's gearing up for that. Um, not for sure when she's starting to book um, fishing trips. But I know I'm going to be going out this year with her yeah right on that that's that'd be pretty killer you said it was your first year fishing like in general or like out in the (laughs) bay because i'm like wait what (laughs) yeah so like i bass fished and stuff growing up in illinois and we had catfish and and stuff in the farm pond um but like being out on the the ocean like trolling for salmon and and um halibut and doing the the stripers like that was totally new for me um so this past summer was the first time that I had ever done that um I always said the last thing that I needed was another expensive hobby um but you know I'm hooked so I'm gonna be going out and doing that too (laughs) pun intended right I'm hooked yeah totally right on what I mean what did you guys end up catching um, caught a ton of halibut and um, stripers last year. Uh, we're going to go out on a 
a sturgeon trip here in a week, uh, two weeks. And so, you know, that'll be interesting. I heard that they have a really awesome fight if you hook up on one. Um, but didn't get a salmon last year. Uh, I'm still waiting to, to get that uh, checked off the list. Uh, Going to be super excited to go out and try to get that accomplished this year. Yeah, I mean, uh, I love salmon fishing. Been one time, I got hooked right away and was going to jump in and kind of just go out and buy everything and then decided to just hold off and wait for duck <laughs> season. But that's going to be a goal this year is a couple buddies of mine – we, uh, we plan a big charter with a bunch of buddies, so we're going to go out and try to hammer the salmon when they're around. Hopefully it'll be yes. a good time. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, sum up your season. It sounded like you guys had a pretty good time all together, no matter what it, no matter what you guys were going after. Any other places you want to hunt or any dream hunts you want to go on or something? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, I hunted a... a uh, I just want to get like the refuges figured out here in the next few years. I want to do more free roam. So I know that's not like everybody's dream hunt. Um, but you know, I, I want to figure out, uh, the grasslands, uh, free roam and, um, and do a lot more of that. I did, I've really focused on Los Banos mostly this year. And it was so fun bringing in like a ton of birds on slow days and refilling blinds where they got zero and coming in with two limits. Like that was just the best feeling. Um, but that's kind of like the goals for the next few years is just really get that dialed in. And for dream hunts, um, you know, I want to go to the East Coast sometime and do layouts um, for black ducks and brant and eiders over there. Um, I think, you know, that would be my first choice. And then everybody always says king eiders in Alaska. That'd be super cool too. But um, with work and limited time off, I think, you know, trying to do the East Coast thing uh, will be the first place that I go. Right on. Yeah. Eiders. Eiders and Emperor Goose and Harlequin for me, and then I could just die. I'll be happy then. <laughs> yeah, well, killer. I mean, you learn anything this year? As a oh, so much. Every day. Yeah. Every single day, you it, learn something. It's a trip, huh? Yeah, I mean, you never really know until you're really in, involved in it how much you can learn about ducks. So, is Los, yeah. Banos, is Los Banos the closest refuge to you? Um, it is. Yeah. So, um, and it's, you know, one of the bigger ones. So whenever it's low in November, um, you can always get on. Um, and you know, sometimes it's not always about getting the, the highest quality blind or area, just having the opportunity, um, to get out there. Uh, cause I'm not going to learn anything if I'm not out there. So, you know, I started a hunt journal this year and just making notes of where I went and what the weather was and what I saw and just putting in the time and logging the hours. Eventually, um, I'll gain that experience and uh, 
be a, a killer. Hell yeah. What's your total bird count then? Do you keep track of your birds, like species and everything? Yeah, for this past year, it was, um, I think, like, 63 uh, for everything. So, uh, you know, just getting out and um, hustling. I was able to put quite a few in the freezer. And so we're playing with that right now, doing the sausage making and and, uh, experimenting with those things. What's, I mean, have you tried any new recipes this year that you're kind of like, oh, that's pretty good. We're going to keep that for sure. Oh, um, the, the, the neck sausage, <laughs> that was pretty good. And, um, the other thing that has ruined me whenever I see teal now, um, we started deboning teal. Um, so we'll pluck them and, uh, debone them and then stuff them sometimes with sausage or a mixture of like um, almonds and rice and other meats and stuff and then smoke those. And so now I just see teal as flying sausage casing um, (laughs) all the time. Um, But that was probably the coolest thing that we tried this year. Uh, We got a smoker and we've been smoking everything. So eventually maybe we'll get tired of smoking meats, but I don't think so. What's, what's the process like deboning a full bird? Um, it's not super hard. Um, you basically pluck it and then, um, you know, you'll cut the, the butt off and you'll, um, gut it and clean it really well. And then I'll start up by the the neck and I will use my fingers to kind of pull the meat away from the breastbone and then I'll use either like really small scissors or a a really fine um, fillet knife to get the meat away from uh, like the wing bones and uh, the leg bones I'll sometimes leave those in because those can be a pain but you just kind of peel it out um, with your fingers, and then um, you're left with this little, you know, kind of a circular tube of meat and fat and skin that you can do all sorts of stuff with. I'm going to have to try that. Yeah. Sounds pretty interesting. Uh, I got to put my, uh, my skills with the knife to good use sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Right on, Jen. Um, we're sitting at about 50 minutes. I think that was pretty good. So, um, yeah. You have any last thoughts? Um, shoot. Uh, you know, probably my biggest thing is uh, I always tell people, they always message me and ask, you know, what kind of camera are you using? And I tell them, but then I always say, like, it really doesn't matter what kind of camera you have or how expensive it is. You just have to get out and do it. And um, every time you get out, you're going to get better and um, get those opportunities and see stuff that you wouldn't see otherwise. So it's not always about the equipment. It's just about getting out and getting the experience and putting yourself in the right place at the right time. Um, That's like the biggest advice that I would give anyone that wants to get started. And... um, you know, appreciate all the birds that we have uh, available to us out here. 
it's super cool where we live. Yeah, it is. It can definitely, you can definitely take it for granted. That's for sure. Real, yeah. real quick. So I remember you, your boyfriend, a group of people, you all went out and somebody shot a banded merganser. Did you all ever figure out who <laughs> shot that? Pull straws for it? Rock, paper, scissors? How'd that go down? So I had bought my boyfriend a shot cam for Christmas a few years ago. Um, and I got a shot cam um, for myself this past year. And I know for sure that I doubled on two of the mergansers, but we both shot at the same time and his camera was not working. Oh, that, so. of course he's going to say that my camera wasn't working, <laughs> but, um, like I know I shot, you know, the front two, but I really, I'm not for sure that I shot that back one. Um, so he was like, well, you know, obviously that was the one that was banded. And I was like, totally. And so, uh, I had just shot a snow goose band the day before and, um, you gotta spread the wealth. And so I'm like, I'm not going to fight you for the Merganser band. I'm like, that's all you, um, you know, it was just cool to see those birds just rain out of that group. Um, we both only shot once and they just all fell into a big old heap and we thought they were wood ducks at first and I was just rabid for a wood duck and um he went out to go pick him up um because we don't have a dog right well we have a dog he's just older and um pretty arthritic um but we're gonna get a puppy but he went out to get him and I was like oh yeah you know wood ducks and he got out there and he's like these aren't wood ducks and I was like, well, what are they? And then I was like, no, no, they can't be mergansers. And he picked them up. They're all mergansers. Um, but, you know, really the hooded mergansers, if you breast them out and treat them like a sea duck, um, they're not nearly as bad as the common mergansers and the red-breasted mergansers. Um, really wasn't that bad at all. Um, but... Uh, he got that band. Uh, he reported that one. And I uh, had my snow goose band from Alaska the day before. So we're still neck and neck on the band count between the two of us. Nice. Uh, where was that merganser from? Um, that was Butte Creek Island Ranch okay. where it was shot. And it was banded in Calusa area hmm. by CWA. Right on. What about your, uh, well, you said your snow goose was from Alaska? Yeah, um, like the really far, like North Ridge of Alaska, this town that I will butcher if I try to pronounce it. Give it a shot. Uh, oh man, it's just, this is going to be on recorded, uh, you know, episodes, so I'll be shamed forever, but it's like, uh, Nikupaku, um, Alaska, but I've, I've got it, um, in my story somewhere. So I'll have to send it to you so you can see the name because I'm just butchering it. Okay. How, I mean, male, female, how old was that bird? Uh, she's female, um, nine years old. Oh, right on. And it was a lesser. They were so fat. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a, a, a true greater snow goose. I don't know that we get, um, many of those in our flyway. Um, but I was wondering if it was a lesser or a greater because they were so fat and big. 
Um, but turned out, you know, it was lesser. It was super helpful to have that information. Um, and really cool to, to get that. That was my last bird of the day. Um, and, uh, the dog made a great retrieve on it. It was just perfect. It was great. Nice. Right on. Well, thank you very much for jumping on. Hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. Your first podcast. Congratulations. <laughs> it's fun to relive all the, the hunts of the year and, and whatnot. Yeah, it is. I mean, I love doing that every day. So, right on. Where can people find your work at? Your photos. Um, I am at uh, at Full Plume Photo on Instagram, and that's pretty much the only place that I post. Um, I don't have a website, and I I don't really do Facebook. Um, so if I'm going to post something, that's going to be the the place to find it. Right on. All right, Jen, I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you for your time. No problem. Thanks for the invite. It was super fun. All righty. Well, uh, we'll be in touch. Maybe we'll get together and go out on uh, Melinda's boat and go hammer some sea ducks. <laughs> that would be my pleasure. All righty. You, you pretty much have to come now. All right, I will. We'll make it happen. All right, sounds great. Catch right. you later. Bye. Bye. So what'd you guys think? That was a pretty damn good episode. Jen was super cool. Thank you again for coming and sitting on down with me and just kind of BS and giving us a little insight as to what the photography world is. Real quick, I do have, my hats are still here. If you guys didn't get a hat, uh, I just got a small little batch of five more came in. For those of you that did get a hat, yes, sorry, I know, shipping them this week or I guess I'm releasing this on Friday. Yeah, I'll be shipping them today then. So hope you guys all enjoyed this episode, and I hope you guys enjoy the hats, and there's uh, much more to come. So thanks again for listening. Later. Later.